0: Host of Locked on Rays, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked on Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked on Rays. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays. And check out our brand new Patreon page for premium content, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. We just posted a new episode up, a couple of new episodes up the past couple days uh, that we think you'll enjoy. Uh, so today, Ulysses, we continue our player review series going in alphabetical order. We have Jalen Beeks and one Mike Brasso. Brasso, I think I said that name correct. I think I'm on the right path there, finally. Took me a year yes. and a half, but I'm there.
1: <laughs> Those two guys uh but before that I would like to you know tell you we got an email. Guess what? From Mark Renshaw all the way in Australia.
0: Queensland, Australia. How about that? That's nice right. shout out he says, from Mark.
1: He says, uh, "Hi guys, love the show. Listen all the time from que- Queensland, Australia. Been a race fan since 08." I follow the team ever since love what the team did this season, hoping they can build on it for next year. He goes on uh, and talks about a good trade um, scenario that the race could get into that we could get into later on a week. Uh, so thank you, Mark, for listening. Um, thank you so much. And uh, we will definitely get into uh, the trade talk. Cause you know what, Kevin, we love the hot stove or the crock pot of
0: 2020. It's it's slow right now. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to have to get into it. It is the off season. So there'll be plenty of time for trade scenarios and discussions. And I don't know if we'll get to uh, his question this week, but hopefully in the near future, or we might get to it on Patreon as well. So thank you again, Mark, for reaching out to us. Queensland, Australia. I'm not sure exactly where Queensland is. Uh, we need one of our Aussie listeners to, help us out and do the, uh, the the research there. I'd imagine, though, it's probably a good 14, 15 hours time difference, regardless of, of where he's situated exactly in Queensland. Guess Point. what?
1: Google helped me, uh, and it's in the northeastern part of Australia.
0: So look at that. There we go. Northeast. Google makes us all smarter, right? It, it certainly it does. It Make, makes there. us all look like droids. That's right. Very good. So I guess it's summer there, right? I mean, is it is it summer throughout the entire... I I would think of Australia.
1: I don't know, man. We are.
0: This is not uh, our forte. Uh, Baseball (laughs) is our forte. (laughs) Not Yeah. uh, (laughs) Australian geography Geography, and climate and topography and things of that nature. So we're going to move on from that.
1: One day we'll have to take uh, the pod to, to Australia. Why not? And then do live shows in Sydney, Perth, Queensland. Let's do it.
0: I'll let you go there. I'll stay in the U.S. and and connect to you via Zoom. I don't know if I'm ready to travel <laughs> overseas yet. I've never yet traveled overseas, so that's well, I'm gonna take a happen. look Let's small steps here. Yes. I can't go right from college to the to the majors. I gotta work my way through. Right. A, high A, you know, maybe a trip okay. to Mexico, maybe a trip to Let's uh, the do a Dominican Republic.
1: Let's do a trip to Ocala, Gainesville, work ourselves up to Atlanta.
0: There you go. Heck, I haven't even been, I mean, the far, the furthest west I've been, uh, I guess would be Oklahoma, I believe. Oklahoma, Texas. I've 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 still got a lot of the U.S. to uh, discover. And and this is our uh, geography traveling podcast. (laughs) Uh, We'll be launching... That, that's a little preview there. Okay, where were we? Oh, yeah, 2020 player review series. Tuesday, Let's Wednesday, Thursday. That's the idea of what we're looking to do. Again, going through in alphabetical order, we have Jalen Beeks and Mike Brasso. I'll take the lead with Jalen Beeks, 27 years old, 129 days. Of course, uh, his season was cut short, drastically short due to uh, that elbow discomfort that he felt in a late August game against the Baltimore Orioles and ended up being a UCL ulnar collateral ligament uh, which required Tommy John surgery but before that happened he was actually on his way to a very very solid season um, according to baseball reference he had a 0.2 war but fangraphs as him at a 0.7 war uh, 179 fip 131 era plus his traditional numbers also very very solid in 19 in a third innings pitched in 12 games he posted a 3.26 era 1.293 whip with 26 strikeouts and just four walks i should mention the teams he faced were toronto atlanta baltimore boston and the new york yankees and these numbers on the periphery are much improved from last year. Again, small sample size, 19 innings compared to, I think, 100 plus in 2019. But uh, with that, his strikeout rate skyrocketed, his baseball or, or his walk rate decreased significantly, his home run rate decreased, as did his average exit velocity. And what's really interesting, too, about Beaks is, uh, even with these numbers, these really solid numbers he put up, he was actually a little bit unlucky. He had a 400 Babbitt batting average on balls in place. A lot of kind of bloopers and choppers that, that just stuck through the infield or shallow outfield. So if you think about, you know, maybe if he got another, you know, 15, 20 innings, maybe that Babbitt goes down and maybe his ERA and some of his other numbers go down as well. Uh right. And I've got to give credit. We give a lot of credit to uh Fangraphs and what they do. I would implore any and every Rays fan out there to check out an article that they did on Jalen Beeks back in August a couple of weeks before uh he his season uh, disastrously ended and really it highlighted several things about how he's Improved his game, and the Rays have sort of transformed him since that Nate Eovaldi trade with the Boston Red Sox, um, 2018, 2019, to 2020. Uh, I got kind of like five bullet points here. One, is his fastball has elite-level spin efficiency. His changeup added and has added an additional inch of fade. He's essentially dumped his curveball and is instead throwing the cutter more and the changeup more instead of being a uh, jack-of-all-trades, master of none. It's like, no, these are the three pitches. I'll go with the four-seamer. I'll go with the cutter. I'll go with the changeup. And that's going to get me by as a bulk guy, one, two, three-inning type guy. He's also, something that's new for him is he's working from the extreme third base side of the rubber. He doesn't even really touch the rubber on the third base side. Whereas <laughs> yeah. I think when he was acquired in 2018, he was more actually on the first base side. So he's kind of slowly moved over there. And the other thing too is uh, he's altered his delivery or altered his delivery to a uh, more compact, shorter arm path. Um, it's totally different uh, than what he had when he came to the raise in 2018, where, I mean, it's almost like, a nightmare waiting to happen, where he'd essentially bring the ball all the way down to the calf of his back leg and then deliver and fire. It's like that is not—I uh, don't think what pitching lot. coaches are teaching nowadays. Yes, that is for sure. So a lot of pressure there on the shoulder and elbow, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and that might have been ultimately at the end of the day that over time it could have been mm-hmm. you know, at some point the the levy breaks or uh, or. You know the the road breaks or whatever, and it becomes a question of the the mechanics are just going to give out, and you're going to get hurt at some point.
1: You know, out of those bullet points, which by the way, great job researching Thank that. Um, the the biggest thing when I looked at Beeks was that the pitch selection, how it completely changed. It's it's really rather amazing. He com he's he's not throwing that curveball whatsoever when it was a pitch that he almost threw. 20% of the time in 2019. So he completely dropped that and said, you know what? I'm going to increase my change up by like 13% more. And the uh, cutter, guess what? That's going up 10% more. So it, yeah. it, that, that's really a funky. Now, another thing besides uh, the, pardon the repetition, but the funky delivery that he has is his fastball velocity. It jumped up a whole mile per hour in 2019 right. it was sitting at 92.5 in 2020 93.5 now i'm not an expert whatsoever but it seems to me from this side of the 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 microphone and, and from this side of fan graphs that jumping up a mile an hour a, a mile per hour is completely significant it's it's a very big change and right. i think that you could tell that in the eye test he was just looked up. A bit different, a little bit more confident, a little bit more z- with a little bit more zip on that fastball. And yeah, the numbers definitely prove that.
0: Yeah, and when he, the, I mean, his delivery again, e- even though it's changed significantly from 2018 until now, um it's still very deceptive in how he would kind of hide the ball across his body as he was getting ready to throw. And what I noticed in looking at. I, I got to tell you what film room MLB film room is maybe the greatest invention <laughs> since uh, electricity, <laughs> yeah. because you can go back and look at highlights. You can look at highlights from a couple of years ago and see the differences till now. And a couple of things I noticed just based on the eye test is better command of the fastball, not just velocity, but the catcher wants it top of the zone. He delivers it top of the zone yeah. and the, the change up the way it fades glove side and down in, in a way like that is very very impressive and it was it was a weapon against lefties and righties and honestly, I look at that pitch and that's a plus pitch that is an elite level pitch and he can work the cutter and fastball all I mean they all complement each other and all complemented each other well in 2020 at least
1: every pitcher has a plan going up there right the problem is can you execute the set, set plan now when things are happening well with beaks which they mostly were uh in 2020 Uh, the numbers show that but i want to see how the, the the cause and effect by him having a little bit more zip and more command he's also uh adhering to his plan which obviously the plan is miss bats have lower hard hit percentages that all came through uh came came true this this year i mean the exit velocity in 2019, it was 88.5 against him. This year, it was 86.4. Again, dropping two full notches. He's executing so well that his plan to get softer contact is actually uh, being, being able to to succeed and, and actually happen, come to fruition.
0: Yeah. And I got to tell you what, we're, we're talking about all the numbers. And if you're like, I, you're talking about Jalen Biggs here, a guy you <laughs> guys rudely criticized in 2019 and for many times good reason but he is it has been i wouldn't even call it a reclamation project for the race it has been just kind of a process for the race of they see something in this kid and it might take right. two or three years to get him on the right track and to be honest with that trade, it was what uh Iavaldi for beak yeah. straight up basically yeah. i mean it seems like it's worked out pretty well for the Rays all things considered. The Rays saved a bunch of money and I think if you want to, if we are just talking about Indians pitch, Beeks has combined given you more Indians pitched than Eovaldi with the injuries and everything like that too.
1: I don't think the Red Sox will ever miss Jalen Beeks and I don't think the the Red Sox would not want to have Eovaldi in in 2018 considering how he pitched. So I think Right in it's very rare when trades kind of work out for both sides. I yeah. think this might've been one that worked out for both sides because they wanted something different each, each ball club and, and, yes. and they got through it. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, it, it, look, unfortunately with his situation right now with his injury um he, along with a lot of other race pitchers are on the incognito of, well, If and
0: when they come back, what are they going to look like? That's the big question is, again, underwent Tommy John surgery. So I doubt he's going to be available for the start of 2021, like Colin Pochet and like Yanni Chirinos. And the other thing, too, is not only if and when, how he's going to be ready for 2021 at all is you still wonder about, even though the delivery has been cleaned up from when he first arrived to the race, it still has its flaws as that kind of, uh, I guess Twitter pitching guru. I can't remember his name, but he kind of outlined, uh, that Beaks has the inverted W, inverted which w. is Tommy John surgery waiting to happen. It's the scarecrow where he's got the elbow pointed upwards toward the sky and he delivers the ball and all that stress is eventually going to give out just like it did with, Andrew Kittred so those are two big questions going forward but I think you scrapped
1: 2021 for all of these guys yeah probably 2020 they're not even gonna make it because even if they were say they were like ready to to rehab in August and okay I can I put me in coach September I don't think that this team as we all hope that they are actually on a playoff chase I don't think that's the, the the time to put pieces that uh might not even, you might not even right. trust in
0: the playoffs. I'll tell you what though, um, you know, there's not really much more I I think we can say about Jalen Biggs, except that he really improved uh, yeah. upon himself from 2019 and 2018. I mean, he's gotten better and better in just about every metric, every number out yeah. there, except for the unfortunate fact that he got injured. And with that, you know, if he was, he really could've if he was healthy, he really, really could have been valuable to the yeah. Rays down the stretch and, and maybe we could have seen him, who knows, maybe as that fifth starter or as that fourth starter. Or let's see, okay, now let's see if
1: we're comfortable one with one time going through the order or four innings. Yes. I think he's that one time through the order kind of guy. I, I don't think you you give him the ball more than the nine guys uh, or three innings, whichever one comes first. Uh, right. You 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 take the ball away from him. But but he can be effective he
0: can be effective and he was effective in 2020 with that uh all things considered uh what grade do you give for mr beaks i'll give him an 86 86 okay. for mr jalen beaks you know what i wrote down b minus but i'm feeling nice as a teacher so I'll, I'll give him a i'll give him a low b what's that, an 84 to just get uh, to the B, not uh, a B minus? Yeah, I think
1: if, if without the minus would be 84 through 86. Okay.
0: I went on the high end of of a, of a B, 86. Look, if he stayed healthy and kept these numbers up, I mean, he's an yeah. A all the way. But yeah. the unfortunate fact is you, you got injured and, and the way you throw the ball seems to lend itself to getting Her hurt. Goals. So I, I do give him yeah. a huge... I, I give him props for... I mean, what, he pitched more innings in the regular season than Nick Anderson. Right. I 19.1 yeah. to whatever Anderson pitched 16, 16 or and a third. Yeah. yeah three, so three more three, innings. Yeah. Pretty darn effective. So uh, I can tell you that uh, heading into the season, heading into 2020, I probably would not have thought that we'd give Jalen Beeks no. a B for his production, <laughs> but credit to him and credit to the Rays for, as again, I, I refer you all to Fangraphs to check out kind of what the Rays have done with this guy and, and tried to fix him, and hopefully he's able to get back and healthy with that. All right, coming up next, we'll—I uh, think this could be a fun one—reviewing uh, the play of one Mike Brasso. We'll discuss him after this.
1: Okay, Kevin. So I have Mister Mike Brasso, the legend of Mike Brasso, definitely grew considerably. In 2020, yes. with three games. Okay, so let's let's take th- uh, us through the the timeline here. Number one, where he barely dodged a 101 mile an hour fastball to the head. The second was the next day, going deep twice to left field and right field. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, ALDS Game Five, putting a bow on the sweetest revenge story. Ever told until it makes the silver screen, because that is uh, made to be a movie. Uh, Indiana man, like yourself. Indiana bump. Yes, Indiana bump here. Uh, Slash line read 302, 378, 558, with a 936 OPS in 37 games with five home runs. That is just shy of what he had uh, last year when he played around 51 uh, games. So there is a considerably, um, let's say, 45 at-bats uh, that, uh, that he had less in 2020. So take the next numbers with a grain of salt. Right. Um, his walk percentage, it increased from 2019, uh, 4.9% to 8.2%. So it was a nice jump in the walks. The strikeouts, uh, it also increased. Uh, From 27.5% to 31.6%. So almost, uh, you know, four four percentage points up. So not so nice there in the strikeouts. The exit velocity also increased from 86.5 to 90.9. So Mikey definitely hit it way harder in 2020. Um, his weighted runs created plus it increased from 108 to 157. So after all the mumbo jumbo numbers, if you didn't really uh, understand all that, let's summarize it. He hit the ball harder. He walked more. He had more power, but he also struck out more. That would be the story uh, of basically what's happening in baseball, except that his batting average also rose 30 points. So I was like, okay, how does this make sense? When you look at his BABIP, uh, it also increased by 70 points from 345 to 412. That's pretty lofty. So what we can say is that, well, how long can that Babbitt be sustained at 412? Probably not throughout a whole season. So would the numbers come down? Most likely. But overall... This was a really, really great season for for Mikey B. I mean, yes, he was a little bit more pull-centric in years past, and you can see that because of his numbers and home runs. But overall, the production was always there. Uh, Even against righties, he's not a complete uh, out, uh, a strikeout guy guy that you're like, why why are we not uh, pinch hitting uh, for Brasso? He's not horrible against righties either. So he improved in defense as well. He actually was about average uh, on the field. So a guy that improved his offensive production, he also improved with the glove, which was his biggest takeaway from 2019 is, hey, kid, you got to get better with the glove. He did that. It seems like Mike Brasso is... Really heading into a nice point in his career in a team that could use some offensive production.
0: Yeah, he's definitely. Look, I think he's gotten to a point where he can play anywhere and everywhere. He can find a spot in the big leagues. He's not a quad A player. He definitely belongs in the big leagues. And I've said this after what happened with the Yankees and Aroldis Chapman. One, he should maybe have tried to have a career as a boxer being able to dodge a 101 mile an hour pitch <laughs> at your head like that. Yeah. Second, uh, let's put a, a masthead. Let's put a statue of him at Tropicana field outside Tropicana field. Give them the, you know, ha, how players have their own alley and such. Maybe, yes. uh, maybe have a, uh, kind of a beer section Brasso's brews or something like that. I don't know. Come up with something. Midwest Brasso's drinking, porch maybe Brasso's something per- like porch? that. Yeah. Yeah. Brasso's heaters. You find a little section to where you can put Frenchie's yeah. name or nickname there.
1: Brasso's bombs. That would work as well. That would work as well. And Just shots of ja- shots of Jaeger. Boom.
0: Yeah. Uh, something tells me that Mike Brasso could, could throw him back. Midwest yes. guy got to play baseball <laughs> in the cold sometimes. That's Northwest right. Indiana. You got it. Uh, here's the thing you mentioned his exit velocity. Here's a little set on that. That was the highest on the team. Look at that. Yeah. Besides, I mean, I'm not going to count Brian O'Grady cause he had, he had like five at bats. No. He so four he at was bats, the highest regular player. If you will. The other thing too, is he put up these numbers and he had an oblique injury or some soreness in discomfort, which I think limited him to some extent. And, if you're Mike Brasso right now, you're thinking, you know, there's a there's all this talk about roster crunch and trying to fit some prospects on the 40 man and everything like that. And you've got uh, tender, non-tender candidates coming up. Brasso's probably thinking, I'm sitting pretty. I've done what yes. i needed to do to be on yes. this roster. Now, if you're if you're Brett Phillips, even with his heroics, if you're Hunter Renfro, you're probably thinking, okay. You might want to get a little, little nervous right now, but you know, I think you, you mentioned his defense and I think that's key besides what he does offensively. And you can't for what the at-bats he's given the fact that he's not an everyday player and he doesn't necess- he's kind of a spot starter, doesn't know all the time when he's going to be out there for him to still yeah. be able to produce consistently. I mean, his career OPS, I know it's not a ton of at-bats, ton of games, but half a season it's, it's, over 900, or it's, it, sorry, his, he's had 218 regular season at-bats in his big league career. 284 career average, 843 OPS with 11 home runs. Pretty darn good numbers yeah. as far as that's concerned. But the fact that he can play first base, second base, third base, corner outfield, he'll pitch for you too if you want it, and he'll probably enjoy it. He's shown to be good as a pinch hitter. So whatever yes. you ask him to do, he can step in. And I think that's going to be big going forward because let's remember, if, if the Rays are going to keep Yandi Diaz and G-Man Choi on this roster, guys that get hurt, guys that are injury-prone, and kind of reverse the splits, platoon with Choi at first base. I mean, picking up that first baseman's glove and being able to do it with a plum, I think he has really done – if there's a playbook, baseball 101 to – Okay, you don't have Randy Orozarena skill set or talent, but to make a big league roster year in, year out, Mike lived living that playbook, I think.
1: And not only that, but he's a race type of player, which is, hey, can you produce? Yes, with the bat. Awesome. So we love you already. Are you horrible with the glove? No, I actually improved. Okay, yeah. are you versatile? Yes. Yes, I am. Oh, but do we have to pay you a lot of money? No, you don't, because he's arbitration eligible in 2023. He's a, he's yeah. not a free agent until 2026. So I mean, this is a prime uh, Mike Brasso. You think uh, you just said uh, uh, that Mike Brasso is saying? Oh, I think I'm you know sitting pretty here with the with the 40 man. I think he's more than sitting pretty. Right. I mean, you mentioned Choi. I would rather be Mike Brasso on this team if I want to be playing for the race. Next year, uh, than than Choi, I think Choi right. is sweating more than Brasso. I mean, money wise, positional flexibility. Um, you're younger, you're right. you're more athletic. I, honestly, I think Brasso is is sitting prettier than Choi right now. Uh, the, the, but that's all hard work. That's all the, this this guy has done. Every I mean, you just go on his on his page, and everywhere he's gone, he's just hit, man. He's just right. been a perennial. 300 hitter almost. Uh it's been incredible to see what Mike Brasso has done it in, in such a short time to make himself really beloved. And I mean, do we really have to uh talk wonders about how much he uh, every race fan will forever love him. Uh, right no, no matter what he does the rest of his career, uh game 5 ALDS to do that against their oldest Chapman, to give the team a, a chance to keep going in this magical 2020 season, to go to the ALCS. Um, the fact that it came against a guy that almost hit him in the head, for God's sakes, like a month right. later. Um, the the hated Yankees, and he did that in a pitcher's duel. He will be forever loved, and and we will all talk about that, that Mike Brasso game that, unfortunately... We weren't able to be in person, but it would have happened at the trap, people. It would have happened at the
0: trap. I mean, you talk about David versus Goliath story. That is the epitome of that moment between him and Aroldis Chapman. Guy that was undrafted, signed for a thousand bucks, really had to grind and work his way up. And then Aroldis Chapman, the big money closer who throws a hundred plus consistently, easily throws a hundred plus and has kind of this bad boy and uh, questionable character at times, as he sh- as he's shown throughout his life with some things. But yeah, like you said, Br- Brasso shouldn't have to pay for uh, a beer or a meal nope. anytime he goes out in St. Petersburg. He, no, he should just wear know. his jersey everywhere. In fact, everybody should <laughs> Google Mike Brasso so you know what he looks like because he's yes. very unassuming when he yes. goes out in public. He's 5'11", doesn't necessarily look like, oh, this guy is... Uh, uh, an elite baseball player you just think maybe he's kind of an average joe type but pay for his meal if you see him out if you see him yes. out and about and you're a baseball fan not even a Rays fan just a baseball fan and you hate the yankees do it <laughs> you know
1: what hey mike can i can i buy you a beer because uh you know what i'll forever uh enjoying it, it would give me goosebumps every time i watched that uh, that that home run in, in Game Five. I mean, yeah. dude, every time I still see it. Uh, uh, what almost a month later, and uh, goosebumps galore. It's yeah. just it was so magical. So no, uh, Mike Brasso, time to uh, to bring out the the the, the red pen, uh-huh. Kevin. A couple, yeah, what? a
0: couple more things. Um, oh you got again, more Okay, film room, a great okay. resource to utilize. If you look up some of his defensive plays, you can kind of tell, yeah, he has improved defensively and he might've been, you know, I, I think when you you're being forced to play four or five, six different positions, it's hard to be great at any one of them, but he can more than hold his own, especially, I mean, he, you know, on double plays, he makes a good throw to the first baseman. He can backhand a grounder at first. He can handle a tough chopper or a hopper at second. He does a lot of different things um, that might kind of surprise you uh, if you look at the, the film room video of him. The other thing I noticed is his stance. I don't know if this has helped him, hurt him, or
1: mm-hmm. whatever,
0: but there has been a little bit of a change in his stance since he was first called up to the big leagues in 2019. Um, in 2019, he kind of was more upright, and he had this huge leg kick. Now he's kind of altered it uh, as late as October, more of a crouched athletic, maybe even a little bit more open stance and more of a quiet lower half. So that's something to watch out for. And it's kind of fun to kind of see the adjustments some of these hitters make and yeah. do, and you'll notice on the highlights, he'll he'll smack a lot of balls the other way. I mean, he'll, he'll yeah. inside out a swing several times there as well. So there we go with Brasso. I think, uh, you know, we should get an A for just uh, pronouncing his name correctly. It's taken us long enough. It's, it's taken, taken me us a long, long
1: time. It's taken a long time, long time. but you know what? It was all uh, made out of love. Uh, there okay, we go. you got your red pen ready?
0: I've got it ready. Uh, my grade for him is an A.
1: Good no, job. no numbers,
0: that- just an A. That's what I'm yeah. giving him
1: you know what uh with 98 plate appearances not even cracking the triple digits it's it might be a little bit difficult to 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 give oh what kind of great no mike brasso deserves an a i mean not only because of the numbers that we we said but the moments it's themselves i mean you, you get an a sometimes i i know analytics doesn't uh leave room for clutchness right i will forever believe in players that can be clutch I don't care what the numbers say I believe that you can be clutch Mike Brasso is clutch
0: yeah I don't get I I think they poo poo it because they can't find or don't have a good enough metric for it or can't get enough into the mind or the makeup of the player the information that the teams and the scouts have that you know, some internet guy can't get access to. That's why they, right. I think, try to poo-poo it at times. But quite frankly, just based on that, what was it, a 10-pitch at-bat with the yep. Rollins Chapman? Just based on that alone, he should have an A. Just give him an <laughs> exactly. A for that moment. That mo- <laughs> He could have hit like uh, Brandon Lau did Is in this- the postseason, done that all year long. That at-bat, stand that alone, you give him an A for that. Or at least At the Is- very worst, a B.
1: There is no other grade that a guy that does what Brasso did with the, not even the, the, the hit, but the story behind it, the, the, the impotence that he must have felt. And then finally, the, the joy and the, the rage coming from 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 him. Um, no, just just a lovely moment for every race fan. And I think for twenty eight other fan bases as well. They mm-hmm. really loved seeing that. So no, an A for Mr. Brasso.
0: Man, uh, I don't know if I would have expected coming into the year again that we'd give a B to Jalen Beeks <laughs> right. and an A to Mike Brasso, but that's how good I, I love I love the,
1: the I I love the uh, the plot twists here in, in in this podcast. That's where we're all about. That's yeah. why you should tune in every day because sometimes we're gonna do things that you never expect.
0: Certainly, certainly, and you know I, I would like to see Brasso get some more at bats against righties because, like you said, yes. it's not it's not like he's a under Mendoza line hitter. I no. mean, he got to this point. You know, if you're going to get to the majors and you've hit 300 basically your entire minor league career, and historically in the big leagues, I mean, you should be able to hit against a couple of righties. You would think, or more righties, getting more of an opportunity, and that might even help him at the end of the day more of that regular PT there.
1: I just want to put it out there he had almost the same amount of at bats 42 at bats against lefties he had a 333 average he had 44 at bats against right handers and he batted 273 I know batting average isn't all uh, that's cracked up to be but 333 273
0: that's a good player Yes it is yes it is and uh his teammates love him he's unselfish he he loves He loves playing baseball, loves what he's doing, and he he goes about it in a good way as well. All right. uh, As a reminder, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on MLB. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.